a member of the DATC media family. This is Dropped Among This Crowd, a podcast that dives into the music and community of improvisational progressive rock band, Humphreys McGee. Each episode will feature a rotating schedule of insightful show recaps, interviews with members of Team UM, as well as musicians who have been inspired by the band. This is your place for the latest news and happenings in the world of Humphreys McGee, keeping you informed on what's going on or where you can catch the next show. I'm your host, Sarah J. Thanks for joining me as we dive in. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me for this week of Dropped Among This Crowd. I hope that you're able to check out last week's episode where I chatted with Jimmy Knowledge, co-host of the Umphreys Wow Show, all about this year's Raw Stew set at Humble 9. There is a link in the show notes if you'd like to check that out. Also, if you are a Patreon subscriber, there is video of that conversation. You can watch only there. That was released the night before the episode aired to the public. Just one of the many perks that you get as a Patreon supporter. Video of my chat with this week's guest is also available for those folks as well. That was uploaded last night. There is also other conversations, photos, and a whole bunch more not available anywhere else. So if you're interested in checking that out, www.patreon.com slash DATC Media Company or follow the links in the show notes. All right, so on to this week's episode. I am very excited to have Joel Cummins on the show. He's been a guest here a few times over the years, which I will link those episodes in the show notes, as well as the podcast miniseries him and I did back in 2021, Tales from Scamp. That was a four-part miniseries that we did together just regaling stories and history of Umphreys playing at summer camp over the years. It was the festival's 20th anniversary, so it was cool to hear his stories and memories of the festival over the years. And if you missed it, they just dropped their lineup for this coming year. Pretty fucking solid. Very excited to head back to Three Sisters Park. It's my favorite festival. This time around, Joel and I talk about a favorite subject of his, travel. He tells me where his love of traveling even comes from, where he hasn't been in the world, what it's like taking his two kids to explore the world with him. He shares some tips, tricks, and hacks, shares some travel horror stories, and a whole bunch more. This was a lot of fun to talk with Joel about a different subject. Usually when he's been a guest here on the show, we are talking about Umphreys and our miniseries. We were talking about still Umphreys and summer camp and music. 
So this was really neat to have a different type of conversation with him. And both of us being parents, it was really cool to hear what it's like for him to take his kids with him traveling for leisure or also being able to include them when he has gigs either solo or with Umphreys. Just a really, really fun chat. And I want to quickly thank Joel for taking the time out of his really busy schedule to have this conversation. After we were done, he was jumping right on to do a lesson. So Thank you so much, Joel, for taking the time. I always love chatting with you, and it's so great to always have you on the show. Hey, Rob. Yeah. I was uh, checking out some people that, you know, I listen to and I'm really interested in online, and uh, they have these things called Patreon accounts. Mm -hmm. What's that all about? Well, you know, it can be hard to monetize these podcasts, and there are expenses that go along with it, you know. Uh, you have to pay engineers, you have to, you know, people's time is money. There's a lot of things that go into making these podcasts, and... um, Patreon is a way of using membership to help get money in the hands so that these people can create more podcasts and do more and more. Oh, okay. So our friend Sarah J with the DATC Media Company, we could probably help her out then, huh? Dropped Among This Crowd Media is on Patreon now. And, and the, the, if you donate, you will have access to exclusive membership, membership only stuff like uh, content and uh, there'll be merch items and more and more and you'll be supporting her show Dropped Among This Crowd my other show um, um, the Umphreys McGee Wow show my show with you Stu on this and uh, the Crooked Conversations magazine and of course you know there's other I I have other podcasts I want to do um Sarah did one with Joel about summer camp she's talking to band members about doing other things so it just it it inspires creativity. It's a way of paying back, you know? If you want to be a terrestrial ra- radio listener and hear ads all the time, then you'd be a passive listener. But if you want to be a podcast listener, you're a part of a community. You need to step up and support that which you like, whether it's us or someone else. If you love a podcast, support that podcast. That sounds great. Sounds like a great way to help out. Indeed. So check it out. Dropped Among This Crowd on Patreon. I tell you, Carl, there's a lot of people out there who have either band or, or they have a business or they're an artist and then, mm-hmm. you know, they're looking to reach this music loving, traveling music fan mm-hmm. kind of world, which can be elusive. Yes, they're dreamers. Yes. Like minded people. What better way than through Dropped Among This Crowd? If you want to, if you want to, cre- if you have a podcast you want to create, mm-hmm. Sarah can provide a platform. She can, pl- she can provide um, promotion on social media. She can provide an engineer. Um, or if you want to advertise, or if you have any big idea, particularly with the artists, mm-hmm. you want to email Sarah at DA. ATCmediacompany.com. She can provide, again, a platform for your podcast, social media promotion. Uh, she can even provide an engineer. Because, folks, you know, you want to reach fellow Humphreys fans or jam fans or music industry people or musicians or just people who love music and travel for it, or as in the case with Stu on this, mm-hmm. foodies, mm-hmm. music loving foodies. That's right. And if y'all need any help with recipes, you need to get a hold of me. Yeah, you need to get Carl directly. But if you want stuff with promotion and social media savvy and a podcast platform, you want to email Sarah at DATCmediacompany.com. Sarah at DATCmediacompany.com. Correct. You want to know how to peel and cut an onion? You talk to me. That's Carl. You want to put out a podcast? You want to put out some material, some artistic expressions that that you want to get paid for, you contact Sarah J. And if you have old cassettes that you don't know what to do with, you send them to me, Rob Turner. <laughs> 
So here is my chat with Joel Cummins. So I am so obsessed with your ability to travel the world with your kids. (laughs) I sometimes feel like it's a chore to just take mine to Target. So the fact that you take yours all over the world is very inspiring. You've always had an interest in travel, though. So before you even had kids, where did your passion for seeing the world come from? That's a great question. I, you know, for well, before I tell you about that, I should say also that one of my thoughts going into this was that we try to do a lot of things and a lot of times when we're doing this stuff things go horribly wrong and so the only answer is just to laugh in the moment you know let yourself get upset for a second we we will get to some of these i have some good recent uh recent experiences (laughs) where you're just like i can't believe this is what's happening now um so um Where did my passion for travel come from? I mean, the obvious answer would be that it started with my parents. And, you know, my parents were both teachers. They taught mom was elementary school, my dad was high school. So we did a lot of traveling in the summers. And we also uh, always took a couple trips like spring break. We would drive from Chicago, the suburbs of Chicago, with a bunch of friends and families down to Panama City, Florida. So we would like, you know, do an overnight drive thing, leaving at 4 p.m. on a Friday and then spending a week down there. Um, So those memories were always good. Um, But yeah, we did, you know, my parents took me on a big uh, road trip to the East Coast. We all picked towns to go visit and places we wanted to go. Like I chose uh, Cooperstown, the Baseball Hall of Fame. And then we went to see, you know, New York City, the Statue of Liberty. We went to Boston. Uh, we went to Niagara Falls. We kind of hit like New York and, and up and, you know, stayed at a few Airbnbs. But we did that by car. And um, that's another trip that's super memorable to me that, that I got to do with my parents. And then probably my biggest one was um, my parents lived in Australia right before I was born for a couple of years. They got teaching grants. They were in uh, the Melbourne area, uh, kind of Southern Australia there, that city. And uh, they took me back there in summer of 1984 to go visit all their friends. Wow. And so, yeah, it was kind of crazy to me to think about that. I'm like, wow, they haven't seen these people for 10 years. That's a long time. And now I'm like, wow, it's not that long. <laughs> it's not <crazy."> that long. <laughs> yeah. So we, we uh, spent a month in the summer of 1984 going around Australia, Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide. Uh, my dad and I went uh, inland and uh, did some hiking and, and uh, sightseeing and stuff. Alice Springs, I think that area was called. So, that's cool. um, yeah, so I think that's probably where it has its roots. And I think, that, you know, the other funny thing that would happen thinking back to traveling as a child, all this stuff was in a car. And, you know, I would have books and things that I could read, but the Atlas was always in there. And so it was something that I just like, I memorized everything about, you know, the, the United States and all of the different states and the distances and the highways. There was a thing in the back that showed you the distances between certain cities. And I remember really liking that. And it's crazy because I, I uh, you know, I participate in the, the routing conversations and knowing like how far something is from 
another city is actually really useful. <laughs> so it's I such can't a believe weird this... thing you didn't think you'd need later in life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's it's hilarious because these conversations, it's like um Pankas, our agent, and I, you know, he's he's very uh feisty and assertive. And uh, you know, we'll we'll have debates about how far something is. And I feel like I'm winning at least 50% of these against the guy, you know, whose whose job it is to be the 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 touring agent. So so that's not bad. Um, but you know, looking a little further ahead, other travel that I did once I got to college, the Notre Dame Glee Club uh, would do two tours a year, fall break and spring break, and we would go all over the place. Sometimes we would fly to like a region and then have a bus and be driving. We'd be staying with families and stuff around there. So I saw a lot of the United States that way. And then summer of my junior year, we got to go to Europe. Uh, we had like a three and a half or four week tour of Europe and, you know, concerts, I would say on average, like five days a week and then two days off a week. So we got to see, I mean, we went to Ireland, uh, France, Spain, Germany, Italy, um, Austria. We, we hit a lot of spots and um, that was amazing because I think we paid like it was like six hundred and sixty dollars and that included the airfare. I mean, it was just, it was nuts. Yeah, that's crazy. That's not even fathomable that. now. Not even possible now. So I got to do that with uh, with a lot of my friends, um, um, you know, from from college that, uh, that I sang with. And that was a really, really cool special time. And a lot of those guys I, I still see, you know, now that's one nice thing about touring. It's like, a lot of my friends feel like, oh, they got to make an effort and go see someone. I'm like, you know, we visit most places. I can see most of the people I want to see because we're going to play there at least once each year, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, definitely continued then. And I think, you know, obviously with the, the whole touring concert sort of vibe, um, very early on, I realized, oh, I can use these things to like, if, our tour ends somewhere just be like, oh, I'm going to stay here for a few extra days. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we kind of learned how to do that. And especially the early days when Dasha and I were long distance dating and, you know, it was like, if we could end up, if I could end up playing the same festival that she was working, right. It was, that was incredible. And then we could just stay there and hang out a little bit or, you know, um, if it was something that was in the Southeast, we always like to go to uh, different islands down there. We just went to St. John and St. Croix where I had a gig. And, um, you know, we've been to like St. Martin, Puerto Rico, um, Jamaica, where we met and where we got married. So, you know, the the uh, Caribbean islands are definitely a special destination. Uh, a little harder for us to get to now that we live in LA. Yeah, um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so, I think really from all these things from first my parents and then from from being in music and getting to visit places from being somebody who's performing, you know? Yeah. Um, I think the other part of it is that for a lot of people, travel is kind of a, you know, nerve wracking or anxiety inducing experience. And so you have to learn the little shortcuts that you can do, like, you know, getting the global entry clear, whatever, to get you through. You know, so you're never waiting in this long line with a bunch of noobs who don't know what they're doing, right? <laughs> um, 
but uh, you learn those life hacks, and then you also learn that like there are just going to be times where you, you just get fucked, and there's yeah. nothing you can do about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is there anywhere in the world that you haven't been? So many places. I mean, it's crazy to me. There are people that have visited every single country. I think that's so. That's so. Is that cool. like a life goal for you? No, I, it seems like a little too much, you know, like yeah. I, I, I got other things I want to spend my time on. But, uh, you know, there are lots of places we still have yet to go. I've only been to Morocco and Africa and would definitely love to do, um, you know, like a big safari thing once the kids are old enough to remember it and, you know, yeah. see what that's like. I think that would be something that would be really, really special. Um, Dasha really wants to go to Antarctica, so um, nice. I, I, I'm all about that. You know, we could hit all the continents. I think that'd be kind of cool. For sure. Um, yeah, we haven't been like South America, haven't been to Peru or Chile yet. I think those would be great destinations. Um, so, yeah, we th these have all come up like Easter Islands, another one. Yeah. Um, super wild place, the Galapagos Islands over there. Um, but yeah, we, we haven't been to, uh, to a lot of places still, but, uh, but yeah, India was one, we went to India and Nepal for two weeks back in 2017. Um, that was pre kids. Uh, yeah. so we've done, we've done a couple trips to Europe though with the kids and like, honestly, for the most part, they have gone better than expected. So, um, we had a little bit of an issue. I mean, it, it was funny, like the last couple of days have just been brutal coming back with the time zone change. Mm -hmm. uh, it was on f four hours ahead. So the kids are waking up at like 5 a.m. <laughs> it's, it's just too much. It's too much. Too much. Too much. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask yeah. that. But before I ask that question, is there any place that you definitely don't want to visit? Oh, definitely don't want to visit. <sighs> I mean, I don't want to, uh, you know, offend anyone and then they come after me either. <laughs> um, if there I, is somebody uh, in that country listening to this, I will, I'll take the audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're, they're coming after me, Sarah. This is not good. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. I don't really, I mean, the, the whole thing is that. I feel like we always have a running list of, of like top 10 places. And then, you know, you try to find times where it makes sense to go to certain places. Obviously there are certain times of the year when you, when it's not as great to go, uh, whether it's high season or like the opposite of high season and the weather's terrible at that time, you know? Yeah. So we definitely try to factor that in. Um, I, none of us want to go travel somewhere and then it's rainy the whole time we're there. So, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, one of the big things, and I would encourage all parents to do this, especially parents with new kids, is like, get them traveling with you from the beginning, because you realize in the beginning, all they really want is just to be with you, whatever you're doing, they don't care, you know. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so if you can get them into and excited about the the travel experience, then it's something where that kind of becomes an event itself and they're, you know, they're happy. So um, we also live right under the Santa Monica airport. So both of uh, both of our kids, like from a really, really young age, were like 
they would get excited about the planes going overhead, right? And so that was one of their first words for both of them. Plane, plane. Cool. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like you know, even a month or two ago, taking Griffin to the park, you know, a plane will go over and he'll start yelling and like trying to get everyone else's attention. Like you guys, you're missing it. <laughs> plane, it's a plane. Yeah, that's so, so cute. Yeah. So, so, so I, I think that is a huge thing. Like, um, you know, the, trying to fly with your kid for the first time when they're three years old, I think would be more challenging than, you know, and especially when they're in the, uh, as I like to call it the potted plant stage. Um, you know, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> they like, you can, you just strap them onto you and they're fine. You know, once they start like climbing around on the seats and stuff, and then it gets a little more, you know, a little more iffy, but um yeah and i think you know the other here's here's a good one for anybody who is a uh, new parent traveling um on the bigger planes in the bulkhead there is a baby bassinet seat in the middle so if you get that middle section there for a longer flight they'll bring out that baby bassinet and you can put your your baby in there to sleep um wow. so we actually got griffin to do it on the way home um from uh where were we? It was St. Thomas to Washington, D.C. So it was the D.C. to L.A., like six hour flight. And we got him to sleep for like two or two and a half hours in that thing. Um, That's glorious. Yeah. I mean, it is just it's like free time, you know. And so then the other thing that we do is we we really try to limit like we don't have a, a TV in our house. We just really we play a lot of music and, you know, try to focus on like things that we can do with our hands or, you know, throwing balls at each other and stuff. Um, so we, we try to save the, uh, you know, the screen time for the plane as well. And uh, so that's a little bit of like a reward for Will Quinn. So she gets really excited about that. You know, oh, we'll bring, like, they like drawing now. So we'll bring crayons and stuff for them to do. I think that's the other thing, like having that little activity, some, some sort of something to keep them entertained while you're traveling is is really helpful yeah and snacks gotta have snacks. the snacks oh, you gotta you gotta front load the trip with snacks if you start <laughs> off like the first 30 minutes getting them full and happy then like you're, you're setting yourself up for success you know you're so good yeah yeah, yeah no doubt. so talk a little bit about trying to keep the kids on a schedule when you are traveling you kind of talked a little bit about that with the time zone difference and napping and all those things that as parents, you know, we have to be conscious of. So talk about what that's like when you're traveling. Well, because of the nature of both Dasha and, and my work, we, uh, unless we're at home and Will Quinn's going to, she's like going to preschool now, we don't really have too much of a set schedule. And it's kind of, a go with the flow and try to get the kids to nap at the same time so that we can get a break. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I think we, we've been pretty lucky because they typically, uh, you know, until like the last month have been waking up at like seven 30 or eight in the morning, which, you know, gives us a decent night's sleep. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I, I think, we always kind of feel like if they don't get a nap in they're like the chances of meltdown and assholeness by six yeah. thirty or seven o'clock are severely increased. So, yeah. 
Um, so definitely trying to get them to still take naps at four and uh, Griffin is like 21 months now. So yeah, he switched from two to one nap probably like three or four months ago. And so since then, it's been super easy to just try to keep him on the same schedule and, yeah. uh, and do that. Um, yeah, so we've been pretty lucky with that. Like, you know, we can wear them out and then they're a little more agreeable to nap time. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think that's I think that's a big thing. Just making sure there's a nap in there somewhere and then just kind of letting the bedtime flex as far as how you're going. And the other thing in, is, you know, in the summer, like we went to um, we went to Amsterdam and stayed on a little houseboat kind of in a local neighborhood. It was out of the center, which was it was an, it was a nice experience to to do that. Um, but like, you know, the sun went down at nine o'clock at night. So they were staying up a little bit later. We were trying to keep them up until like it was actually dark in their room yeah. to put them to bed. Um, so, you know, that that was kind of fun, too. And I, I think, you know, the, the other just the thing that we've been lucky and, and I don't know, all parents are different. I think it's totally fine. There are people that want to go on a strict schedule and need to have certain sounds and need things to be a certain way and that's okay too like you do it however you need to do it yeah. you know to to raise your kid and and keep your sanity right um, but um but for us i feel like just you know incorporating them into our lives into what we do as much as possible as opposed to really trying to just change our lives of how we've done things um, to accommodate them. So, mm -hmm. um, that hand has been kind of forced a little bit. It's just like, if, if we want to spend as much time with our kids as possible, we kind of have to do it that way. Yeah. Um, and so as a result, you know, it's like we bring them to shows and, you know, I take them to sporting events and, you know, we just try to do is, uh, as, as much as we can. And obviously we live right next door to a park. So, they get a plenty of park time and, and, and friend time and stuff too, when we're home. Um, and then, you know, like when we're traveling with them, taking them to a park, doing something recreational with them at least every other day. Um, and when we're traveling kind of as tourists, really just trying to pick like one main thing we want to do in a day and then not worrying about whatever else happens. It's just a lot easier than trying to force and then being disappointed when something doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. Lowering yeah. your expectations, which I think is just the theme of parenthood anyways. Well, it's it's lowering expectations a little bit, but it's also just kind of like leaving space for things to happen. Yeah. And not trying to control it too much. Yeah. Um, you know, and you can like we use things like Lonely Planet, um, those books and uh, TripAdvisor. I mean, there's so many, you know, so many great lists of stuff as well that you can you can look up. So um, I think you can also set yourself up for success by figuring out like what kind of neighborhood you're in. Are you going to need to walk? Are you going to need to drive? You're going to need to rent bikes like, you know, whatever that is. So and that was fun in Amsterdam this time we were able to rent. Um, we have a cargo bike here that we own. Um, that I can take the kids down to the beach and like go for fun bike rides for an hour and stuff. So we rented some bikes like that in Amsterdam, kind of, you know, where they're from in the Netherlands and got to experience the city that way. And yeah, um, I think that's also really fun 
for the kids and you know like will quinn's super excited to get her own bike now so oh i'm that's sure that's gonna happen pretty soon um but yeah like we we did that um you know a lot of kids ride scooters these days too so it's like those are easy to either bring with or rent you know mm-hmm. um i think that's that's fun we usually have um we had a big up a baby stroller that we took on our first couple trips to Europe. And then the last couple we've taken this, uh, yo-yo familiar yeah. with the yo-yo stroller. Yeah. So the, uh, you know, here you go. Here's some, uh, Joel Cummins stroller knowledge for you. The reason <laughs> to get the yo-yo is that it fits in like 95% of overhead bends and planes. So oh, you can okay. take it all the way up to the gate and then just fold it up and walk it on. And then it's not this whole, you know, wait for it. Oh, no, our stroller didn't show, you know, like, or it got broken or whatever, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. All, those, all those things have happened. So that's kind of a, uh, a fun little hack that we've, you know, and you go to, like, when we went to Europe this summer, it was so funny. Like, it was like 75 to 80% of the strollers were our stroller that we had of, like, all the locals. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Okay, we're fitting in. They think we're from here now because nice. of the stroller. Yeah. <laughs> How so. many stamps do the kids have in their passport? Uh, let's see. So Willa Quinn, we took her uh, to holidays when she was a month old. Uh, was that so her first trip? Uh, that was her first trip. We had to get it approved by the doctor to to actually make it happen. And like things were going smoothly enough that she was like, yeah, you guys are good. Go for it. Nice. So, uh, so that she, she did that at one month and then we went and stayed at our friend's place in Nicaragua right after that. So that was her second one. Um, we went to the, uh, Netherlands and, uh, Paris in April. So that was four. Um, did we, I don't know if, I don't think she's been to Canada yet. Which is so funny because Canada, well, like for me, Canada is like 20 minutes away. So it doesn't even feel like another country because I can yeah, just right. pop over there anytime. <laughs> um, what else did we do that year? Um, we went to Tahiti at the end of 2019. I feel like I'm missing something, but um, so that's five. Uh, 2020, I don't think we added anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, 2021, we went to Croatia. So that was new for her. That's six. Um, where else did we go? Um, oh yeah, and then Iceland was seven. Um, Spain eight, and Portugal nine, and then um, I guess BVI's doesn't really count, or uh, the U.S. Virgin Islands doesn't really count as anything new. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so is that is that what it is? Is it nine? I think that's I think that's right. Wow. Not a hundred percent sure, but I think she's got nine. That's incredible. Yeah. So we've, uh, we've taken her with us to a lot of places and it's, uh, it, I don't know. It's, it's just something that we teach her as normal and then it's just not a big deal, you know, and she's yeah. happy and excited and, you know, and having, like I was saying, like having those things, all of our kids and us, we all now have the global entry, which is also TSA pre-check. And um, I think the two of us adults have the clear so the kids are allowed to come with us. And having those little things 
just knowing that when you're traveling in the U.S., you're going to have like a fairly quick experience, you know, and flying with honestly, um, we fly at least 95 percent of our flights with United for that reason. It doesn't matter which airline you pick, Delta, American, United. Um, it can be any one of those three, depending on what your home city is and like what what services it the most. And the reason I wouldn't recommend Southwest as much um, super efficient and can be really affordable, but you don't have like, you know, having access to the business class stuff and uh, all that for long distance travel now because we've built up all the status and miles is like, it's that's a game changer, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and it doesn't happen every time. And like, you know, I'm, I'm very rarely going to be paying for a business class or first class seat like just that's that's not you know how we roll so yeah um, yeah but yeah there's lots of ways to kind of um take advantage of those those systems of the you know the the american delta and the united uh so i would just say pick one and and stick with it and you know i'm a million miler now <laughs> <laughs> They give you like a special jacket or something when you reach that status. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't gotten anything. I mean, they're slacking. <laughs> you know, it's a lot of comments on the phone. Thank you for being a million miler, Mr. Cummins. <laughs> oh, you're personally welcome. <laughs> so I have to ask, share some horror stories of traveling with the kids. Oh, uh, okay. Let's see. Um, I mean, a couple. <laughs> A couple recent funny ones. Um, we played Alaska this summer, as you know, yeah. and coming home from that. So Dasha was working at Outside Land. So she was up there with us for like 10 days. And then her parents were there with us and her parents stayed to help take care of the kids while I was playing the shows. Right. Nice. So, so we were flying back from uh, Anchorage through San Francisco and then to LA, right? And our flight out of Anchorage just got delayed, delayed, delayed. And we had already driven that morning, I think like four hours from Homer to Anchorage. So we did that big drive, we got delayed, got to San Francisco and it was like, the time we were walking out the door of our flight was the time our next flight was leaving, right? <sighs> And it was in a different, like a different concourse. So, you know, we had the kids and they were also exhausted. It was late. It was like, you know, 10 or 1030 at night, maybe 11 at that point. And, um, and I was just like, it, God, it's not even worth it for us to like try and go get it. It's just going to be a complete waste of energy and let down. And like the kids are going to be crying. Like, you know, you'll be crying too. Don't lie. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm more of a get mad than cry. Like, you know, I'm just shaking my fist at the sky. Uh, but, um, so we just didn't even try to go get it. And I went down to the baggage claim and, you know, was like, Hey, this is what happened. I'm, what do we do with our bags? Like, should we get them? Should we just, and she's like, you can take them back. Or honestly, she's like, you have a better chance of them getting back to you on time if you just leave everything right so that was including car seats <laughs> so you know i'm looking for i get a message from united you know we're sorry here's the choice of your hotels and there's an, the closest one is an embassy suites 
but there's no hotel shuttles to any of them and they're like three or four miles away like it's not like walking right yeah and so i'm like okay well i went up to united agent and i was like here are these hotels but how are we supposed to get there and she's like oh um i can send you this thing and united will pay for your uber rides there and back and like you 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 won't even have to pay for anything and i was like oh okay this will work then that's fine i can do that and i'm like we don't have car seats this is just so bad you know yeah i'm like but uh, you know we weren't going to wait around for another half hour to see she was like they might not even come out they might just take them and hold them in the back i'm like oh my god so we went to this hotel uh chose the embassy suites got us two rooms and um we roll up there in the lobby and there's like 15 to 20 other people sitting around in the lobby at like you know 11 30 or so now i'm like this isn't good no it's not a good sign walk walk up and the the woman working behind the counter she's like you from an airline and i was like yeah and she's like we're sold out she's like i don't know why the airlines have been sending people here i'm like oh my god now i'm somewhere that you know i'm like we set the uber away mm-hmm. <laughs> and so i asked the lady i'm like you know it's just in these moments i got mad for a second and i'm like all right so what's the what's the closest hotel and she's like there's a hampton inn you know um a thousand feet that way right and uh i was like okay so i just i'm like i'm not even calling <laughs> i'm like i am just walking down there in person yeah you know? yeah and I definitely uh, screamed some obscenities in the parking lot in my <laughs> walk. And um, oh, and the other frustrating part was that I was supposed to get a, uh, a haircut the next morning. And that was the only time I could go because I was traveling to um, the Midwest the following day. So <sighs> I was only going to have two nights home as it was. <laughs> yeah so that was that was the other part of it so i get to the hampton inn and you know this guy's like yeah we got rooms he's like but you know we don't have the airlines paying for them i'm like i'll just take the receipts i'm like i will get this money reimbursed you know yeah I'm like i'm confident they're not gonna be like sorry <laughs> right like this is clearly they're you know they they effed it up so yeah uh, so i went back to the uh i went back to the embassy suites and you know and dasha's parents and my kids were there and um and all these other people and i was like i was like everyone they have rooms at the hampton inn let's go <laughs> and like i was like man moses leading a procession <laughs> you know, over to the over the hampton inn so then the other funny part of this was that because i had used miles to book my in-laws on it we weren't our reservations were connected but they weren't on the same united reservation and so we had been rebooked on the next day right and so i we came back we got to the hotel i took will quinn and they took griffin and we we all went to bed right yeah <laughs> and, um and i put my phone on silent and it was just like my eyes were closed my hotel phone starts ringing. I'm like, oh my God, what is this? You know? Oh no. And uh, I pick it up. It's my mother-in-law, Teresa. She's like, Joel, she's like, you said you're flying back on the nine o'clock flight. I'm like, yeah, I'm, we're on the nine o'clock flight. And she's like, I just pulled up our reservation. We're on the seven o'clock flight. I'm like, oh my God. Oh God. So yeah, so I had to call United and they, they were able to fix it. But you know, it was like one of these things where, 
the flight would have passed, you know, they would have shown up at the airport and they would have been like, no, sorry, you missed your flight. Oh, sorry. Now, now you Joel, now you've got both kids and your in-laws are stuck in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was a pretty good example of one. We did finally get back that morning on that nine o'clock flight, but it was, uh, you know, you, you just had to look back and laugh. I'm like, I cannot believe, you know, this is so ridiculous. Oh, and here's the, the, the kicker on it is that um, our bags made the flight to LA that night. They sent our bags to LA. Um, so our bags were in LA. <laughs> early and I, now i wonder i'm like were they holding the door for us but like i asked the gate agent we walked off the plane she had no idea so you know yeah <laughs> so uh, yeah there you go that that's probably the best one that uh that i have recently oh god it's it's yelling the obscenities in the parking lot that helps you get through it yeah that really did that kind of that was a nice reset for me <laughs> yeah but um you know like i said for the most part you just gotta hope you get lucky like this last travel day i blew it so bad i forgot griffin's milk bottle in the fridge and that was the only one that we had oh and, no like, and like the rest of the the rest of the milk that we had i also forgot so um and like he was <laughs> we had to take a ferry and the whole ways milkies milkies Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're like dad drop the ball stop bringing it up <laughs> i am so sorry and Aww. yeah we, we hit the grocery store right away though he was only deprived for like an hour was, he was uh, fine yeah. <laughs> well talk about eating in these other countries with willa quinn how is she with trying cuisines in other countries or you guys just kind of keep it pretty basic for her? I mean, she's been pretty good. Um, you know, like any kid, she loves French fries. So yeah. whenever, th whenever that's available, we try to uh, make that happen for her. But, you know, she'll eat chicken, she'll eat pasta, she'll eat, she really, they both really love broccoli, which is cool. Yeah, so, that's really cool. That's yeah. good. So we can get that for him a lot. Um, you know, the, the typical stuff, like making PB&Js for him, they'll both eat those uh griff griff really loves cheerios so you know he has a little can't go wrong with like, those. Griff, you want cheerios he'll be like, cheerios <laughs> <laughs> yeah he needs to be in an advertisement for it or something for uh, sure <laughs> but you know i mean we we try to keep it pretty simple it's like get some fresh fruit for him and some cereal in the morning and you know some some peanut butter do some peanut butter toast or whatever um that works too uh and then yeah we we take them out and try to i mean i think fortunately again because we did this with them while they're young it's like they see us trying stuff they like they immediately just want whatever we have yeah <laughs> right yeah. yeah yeah so that's a uh, really so. great thing about taking them to these places not only getting to spend the time with them but to experience different cultures and expose them to different people and ideas and places that's something that they're not going to learn in school yeah and we've tried to you know we've tried to keep almost keep like from not doing the same things all the time you know and so it was never something except for like the pandemic where 
Will Quinn was used to being home all the time. You know, mm-hmm. we were constantly just picking her up and taking her with us to do to do fun stuff. And, um, you know, and like now this time when I went and played these gigs in St. Croix and St. John, like, you know, we were able to take her. We, we were there 15 days and I swam with her on 14 of them. Nice. Yeah. So we got Griff in the pool too. We had, we had a little pool at one of our places and then we also, you know, took him to the beach a bunch. And, you know, I mean, that's like the ultimate playground, a beach in the Caribbean, right? Oh yeah. Come on. Swam with some uh, sea turtles and some rays. So Wilkwin got to see like some real nature, you know, it was cool. cool. That's very cool. What are some of your favorite, like cultural things that you've been able to expose them to? think about this cultural things that we, we've been able to expose them to um one unintentional cultural thing we exposed them to is in spain uh we went in high holy season and and it was the it was called semana santa and this is like this big thing for catholics and it, they had these crazy parades that were um a little bit like frightening to us <laughs> and Wilkman thought they were like the greatest thing in the world you know she's like oh my god thank you guys for bringing me to Spain when the parades were happening. Like, you know, she thought we did it on purpose. And we're like, these things are a pain in the ass for us. Every night we try to go out to dinner. We can't freaking get there because mm-hmm. the goddamn parade is in the way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, that, that was a really funny one. I mean, you know, Icelandic Nord- Nordic culture, I think was something that was really cool for her to see. Um, and you know we we got to see some of the northern lights but we drove around quite a bit of iceland so we got out in the country there you know saw a lot of waterfalls did some short little hikes with her and stuff um so that that was that was pretty special um but yeah i i think you know dasha and i have always kind of been interested in both history and the beach um you know, we've gotten to take her skiing a bunch too. So I'm a big skier. And uh, so I'm, I'm really excited to uh, like this year, I think I'll finally actually like get some turns with her. Um, That's fun. About five or six lessons now so far. So and she really likes it. So yeah, I'm excited about that. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about like, for me, the really deep cultural places, um, obviously, like, Europe has a lot of history. And so we talk about like how old some of these things are. They're hundreds of years old, but then, you know, she'd say things to me, like, she's like, so Dada, I'm four years old now. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. Yep. She's like, Dada, five years ago is a long time ago. And that's when the dinosaurs were here. (laughs) I love kids concepts of time. (laughs) It's one of my favorite things pre Willa Quinn that that's pretty much it was right before she came around was the dinosaurs (laughs) (laughs) this is good to know yeah yeah I love that she also told me um you know I have this compasalt game where it's like you try to say something that sounds nice but is actually not or just misses the point and so she goes dad I like that song but I like when you started at the end I love that you're already teaching her this. This is a valuable life skill. Oh, I didn't I didn't teach that to her. She I have no idea what she was talking about, but I'm like, wow, you just did it. That's it right there. It's just it's in your DNA. You've passed it on apparently. <laughs> yeah. I like when you start that one at the end. Oh. 
<laughs> Thanks, so kid. It's, Thanks. It's already over. Yeah. I like how it feels when it's over. <laughs> My favorite part is the ending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's that's also part of the game too. You can make it the generalization about that. Be like, man, you know, you guys are really good at starting songs. <laughs> I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna keep that one under my hat and use it. What do you think about our endings? Well, let's talk about the starts. <laughs> do you guys have any trips coming up? Um, yeah, we do. We've got a couple that we're working on right now. Uh, family's coming to Atlanta for New Year's, so. Um, so that'll be fun. So we'll have a couple days there. Take and the kids then... to the aquarium. It is my favorite aquarium ever. It is huge and it's awesome. And they have sharks. Oh, nice. And is it, is it downtown or is it by the, where the venue is? It's downtown. Okay. Yeah, definitely go cool. to the aquarium. It's very cool. And I think they would love it. Good to know. Like that. Yeah. And then right after that, we're going to do Dasha has a gig in uh, the Riviera Maya uh, in Mexico, uh, starting like on the eighth. So we're going to go, we're just going to go down there and do another little tropical thing for a week. Um, nice. the kids seem to really like that in St. Croix and St. John. So, you know, we're kind of rolling with that. And then we're going to do, um, we're going to do a trip to Aspen when the band is playing there. Nice. So we're just kind of planning that, and then also doing a trip with a bunch of friends to Sun Valley in the end of uh, end of March. Yeah, nice. So a little little further north. Yeah, nice. so that's uh, that's kind of the plan uh, as far as the current trips, and then I don't know. We're thinking. Um, I don't think we can really go to Europe until like July of next year. So starting to think about that. Maybe um, we're going to look at like Ireland, Scotland, Wales, maybe. Um, we might look at going back to some different spots in Portugal. Um, I don't know, you know, somewhere in like central mainland Europe could be nice. Nice. So yeah, I'm, I'm not sure we, we, we haven't quite honed in on what that's going to be yet, you know, so yeah. it's still kind of, still kind of working on that. So I think that's, you know, like I was saying, going back to the idea of having a running list and, you know, then investigating, seeing what was going to happen. Um, we were actually, here's a good example of that. So we were trying pretty hard to go to Montreal last summer and, uh, we have a really good friend who lives there. So we we're going to bring the kids up there to visit him and go during Montreal jazz fest. I've got my, oh, yeah. got my New Orleans jazz fest shirt on right now. But, <laughs> That's a um, nice shirt. Hey, thanks. That was, it's, it's actually a uh, staff shirt that Dasha got for me. So nice. Yeah. like it. Um, so um, so we were trying to go to Canada and it was just, it was insanely expensive. We were trying to go to Quebec city too. So, yeah. um, we we're going to go to Montreal and Quebec city. And I was looking up flights and like this, this houseboat thing in Amsterdam. And I was like, we are going to save money going to Amsterdam. Wow. Yeah. It was, it costs less to do it that way. You know, wild, right? That is wild. Yeah. Plus, and up until recently, there were so many things that you had to do to get into Canada because of COVID. It was ridiculous. Yeah, that too. That too. So, um, 
that's also nice that some of those restrictions are lifted now because there there was that you know for a while yeah you we were like figuring out how to get tested and like one time we we missed a uh we missed a flight uh coming home from mexico it was like after holidays last year mm-hmm. and we'd gotten tested and then we had to get retested because our test was too late for the next flight that we were going to take like Ugh. <laughs> That yeah, gave me yeah. so much anxiety leaving Mexico. That was the first time I'd ever traveled internationally anyways. But then like trying to figure out which day I needed to go and get my test to make sure it was <laughs> right so I could get on the yeah. plane to go home. There was so much anxiety behind that. It, it was a lot. I have um, so one funny thing that uh, this this is appropriate for, which usually it's not, is uh, <laughs> I have some uh, funny travel anxiety uh related dreams that uh that keep happening and really usually it involves like i'm supposed to meet dasha somewhere and i have like all this time to get things done and then um like something happens where it's like well before i can do the thing i need to do to leave i have to get that done in order to be able to get this done and I'm like, okay, so then I focus on that. It's like, well, before you do that, you have to do this. And then all of a sudden it's like, I have 10 things that I have to do before I can leave, right? So yeah, you, you know how this is? It's like when you're trying to log into something and you're like, okay, now I don't know the password. Now I have to do the password reset before I can, it's like that sort of, that sort of feeling, right? Yeah. So uh, this particular one was leaving Mexico. And this is what was funny about me, us actually missing a flight from there like i think that's the only one that we've missed in the past four years since we've had Willcoin, and um and it was because there were uh three accidents like in the last three miles getting to the airport and they had all these lanes blocked off and so it was just this enormous traffic backup yeah uh so that's why we missed it but anyway back to the dream so the dream i had was that I was I was running late because of all these things that I had to get done, and I'm driving my car up to the uh, the airport in Cancun to return it, and I get there and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like this tiny airport. It was like Palm Springs basically, with like this little dinky outdoor terminal. And I'm like, there's not even parking. There's just sand and palm trees all over the place, and I'm like, there's no car rental return. I'm like, what am I gonna do? So I pull over once again, this is my dream. I pull over uh, and I'm just like, oh, I guess I just got to leave the car here, leave the car in the sand. And then like <laughs> I'm running and the, the dream picks up. Like I skipped through the whole check-in process. And now it's like me running up to the gate and I'm going to make the flight and the gates open still. And there's, you know, the gate agent standing there at the door. I'm like, Oh my God. And I reach in my pocket to get my, my, my ticket and there's my car rental keys in my pocket. And so I, I'm like, here's my ticket. I'm like, could you just take my keys and take care of my car thing? It's it's parked out there on the sand. It's in the sand. So like, I, yeah. And I run run under the plane and I actually made that flight. So that that one, I don't know how I possibly made that, but somehow I made that one. But the yeah, the car thing was unresolved. And I'm like, oh man, this is gonna be a big fine. <laughs> It's interesting that you still have travel anxiety dreams after doing it as often as you do. Yeah, well, you know, for the most part, I can roll with it. Um, There are just times when, you know, it's this thing Paul Schaefer talks about, the pressure of time. When you only have a certain amount of time to get things done, 
that's when it gets stressful. You know, there are times when it's like, okay, I've given myself, you know, like one of the things that we try to do for Umphrey's traveling is not take the last flight of a day. We always fly in the day before of a show, right? Yeah. Try to not take the last flight so that if something happens, you're delayed, whatever, you can make a connection or there's another option for you to get there. So I, I think that's that's a good thing. You know, anybody who's traveled also knows that the earlier you travel in the day, the less likely you are to have delays or cancellations. So yeah, yeah, that's good advice to take when you can. But that doesn't always work either. Or in the instance of like leaving Aspen, book the last flight of the day out and hope for more snow. And then you get stuck in Aspen for an extra day. <laughs> right? so Which isn't a terrible also, place to be stuck. You can also set yourself up to get stuck in places where you want to be stuck. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. So have you ever, so like when the band is brainstorming new places, ideas to go and play, do you throw your ideas out based on where you'd like to visit? No, I, I wish I could say that, yeah, we can do that, but we have to be a little <laughs> smarter than that these days. Um, now, some of the places I like to visit line up, like like Aspen, for instance. That's always nice. Iceland um, doesn't a, hurt. Poppy, yeah, Iceland. Yeah. I like to uh, like to visit there, and I like that our, our fans want to go there. Holidays, of course, another one. Yeah. Um, we, we get to go to a lot of places, So, but it's more about um, – you know, really the the timing of stuff. And there are a lot of summer festivals that we like to play. So that means that we also have to play a lot of those markets in the winter. So January, February, March, we're just trying to really play as many places as we can, particularly the Northeast and the Midwest, knock those out. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I would love to play sometime in uh, my hometown in LA and be able to sleep in my own bed. That has not happened yet. Yeah, We always have shows before or after. You know, yeah, yeah, so that would be uh, a nice treat. I would love to see you guys in Switzerland, would be cool. Uh huh. That'd be I mean, place. I I think I could see, I know a couple of the places that, well, maybe I shouldn't say what they are, but uh, <laughs> with the guys who we did Iceland with, we, we do have a couple other places that we're looking at over in Europe. Nice, I can get behind that a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, you know, we always like to go to places where people like to visit, but we also like to go where our fans are. And if people are in places that we're like, oh, you know, like, let's go play. Uh, let's go play the Northeast in, in February, because very few people are going to play there. But people in the Northeast, they want to go out and do stuff, you know, if we can dig ourselves out of our driveways. Yeah, <laughs> you, have, you have some snow on the ground now. We don't. We just got it was the weekend after Humble and we got absolutely socked oh, I saw. with snow. Yeah. Oh yeah. We so it's all got, melted now. It's all gone now. We had some 40 degree days like right after that and it's all gone now. So no snow. It's just bitter cold and windy. That was wild. I got uh Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs on my uh fantasy team. So yeah, I'm a Bills fan this year. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they're killing it. And they are. it's the energy is palpable in Buffalo right now. And we need it to get through the winter. So we'll, we'll take it. <laughs> uh, 
Is it you? Is it me? You're back. Okay, there you are. There we are. I'm blaming it on the wind. <laughs> yeah, definitely the the winds of uh, the winds of New York. It's oh, yeah. not, not too windy here today. Just kind of just kind of a little overcast. <laughs> How often does that happen there? Uh, well, this is technically rainy season, so we'll get a storm. You know, once typically once every couple weeks, I would say, and sometimes they have like little breaks in them, you know, it'll be like a three day thing. So that's kind of what's happening now. Uh, the main storm came the other day. So it's just like little drizzle and stuff. But uh, but yeah, like Mammoth and Tahoe just got crushed with snow, like four feet of snow, probably in the last couple days. Um, also good, you know, just in general for the uh, the water table in California. So any any storm that comes through, we're happy for the water. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, most days it's uh, in the winter, I would say highs in the low 60s and and pretty sunny. Um, but, you know, it gets chilly here, it gets into the 40s, Sarah. Oh, I don't want to hear it. 40s, I would not have my jacket or, you know, my blanket. I'd be maybe people, even wearing yeah, shorts. People, half the people in Buffalo would be wearing shorts. Uh, Bust the out the sandals. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we always laugh at the people that have like the super heavy duty winter gear on around here like <laughs> dude it's 53 <laughs> you know i i just think like these are all people that are transplants that still have their winter stuff and they're like oh, i'd really like to wear that sometime like this jacket i want to wear it if yeah. it's 50 here we got the windows open people are barbecuing <laughs> it's a whole thing <laughs> oh yeah no doubt <laughs> So let's see, let me think about any other travel things that I feel like are really helpful. Um, we have one of those, uh, I don't know what you call them, like the baby Bjorn things where you can, they're like a front pack thing or a backpack thing. You can wear it either way. Yeah. So I think that's really nice for us in Amsterdam this summer. We, uh, one of us would wear Griffin. He was about 18 months then or 16 months or something. And then we would use the stroller for Willa Quinn and she could get out and walk around then, you know, and we could like put the diaper bag on the stroller in the stroller if she was walking around. And then if she wanted to sit in it, then we could just clip it on to clip the diaper bag on the back. And so we were pretty efficient being able to walk around and like, you know, we walked probably five or six miles a day like that. And uh, it was super fun, super fun. So, so much to see in Amsterdam when you're walking. It's the best yeah. thing to do. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and I think um, so, you know, just kind of investigating what things are going to be like in those sort of situations. So we had a good system ready to go once we got there and it wasn't like, you know, we had too much crap carrying around or which we usually do. But, you know, <laughs> at least on our little daytime trips. So we actually went to uh, Utrecht. We took a little day trip on the train from Amsterdam. Uh, so trains are super fun for kids too. And I think yeah. going to Europe and, and checking out the train system is really good. Um, there's obviously a lot of out, different opportunities for boats. Um, we did some boating in Amsterdam. We did a little private tour around the canals and the, the kids really love that, you know, and then like when we were in St. John, we had a, uh, a couple days, we went out on a catamaran in St. Croix and then did, did a little boat thing in St. John. And like those sort of things are just so exciting for them at this age. You know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, yeah. We went to a uh, floating taco stand in Coral Bay in St. John that was like out in the bay. And so you have to pull up your boat, park your boat and swim to it to go eat there. 
that's a floating taco stand. Like uh, that's like a love language for me. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was one of the coolest things I've ever done for sure. So like super proud of Willa Quinn. We got the noodles out and she swam over with her noodle and you know, we had lunch. It was, yeah, it was, it was cool. That um, is so cute. So I think little things like that, you know, and just, um, you know, taking as much time as you can to really, to just live and experience. And, you know, you, you know, the times where it's like, okay, we got to chill and everybody's exhausted. Like, let's just have a night in. Obviously that's fine. Right. Yeah. But I think overall, we've just kind of taken the attitude of like, let's do whatever we can to have fun. Like, you know, no, no days are guaranteed. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, who knows, who knows how long we're all going to be around here. So let's, let's take this time and make sure we enjoy ourselves now and, and have fun. And, and, you know, obviously there's a lot of hard work involved and, um, you know, aside from the Umphreys things, I, I, you know, I do some teaching, I do some streaming, I do side project shows. Um, I have a few other different things that I, I work on too, but like, you know, there's plenty of room for work. And then when it's time to have fun, like never feel bad about doing that, <laughs> especially yeah. when you're doing it with your kids and like, you know, having fun doing something together as a family. Well, and it's really fortunate that you have a job that you're able to take your kids to not only to experience music and things like that, but then to also experience these different countries and cultures and scenarios. And so that's really fortunate for you that that is your job and you're able to do that with them. Yeah, it makes it really special. And to kind of have that as a seamless experience of like being able to go play concerts and then, um, you know, going to going to check out like, um, you know, the geysers and the, the waterfalls in Iceland the next day is, yeah. is really special. And, um, you know, I was so blown away the first time I went to Europe just about the history and how old everything is there you don't really grasp that in the United States, like the oldest places you go to, you know, on the East Coast, like, you know, Plymouth and, and the site of, you know, Williamsburg and, and um, you know, or St. Augustine or, or New Orleans, you know, that that's like really where the the U.S. history is still there. And you're like, oh, my God, this is some of the stuff is hundreds and hundreds of years older, like the Augustiner, um, which is a bar in Munich has been open since 1092. Oh my God. <laughs> like what? Yeah, I can't even yeah. fathom that time. Yeah. Yeah. 1200 years, right? No, that's insane. Thousand years. That's, that's insane. So, um, I, and obviously like for kids, they can't really grasp that exact time. Like we were talking about, but like, Will Quinn was like, Oh my gosh, do we get to go to another castle today? You know, <laughs> you know, we were in Spain. We were just cruising around checking out castles, you know, Portugal. Yeah. So uh so I think that like that they, they get that part of it that this is someplace that is stuff is happening for a long time, right? Yeah. Yeah. What an incredible uh, experience. And and then, you know, I think the other big part of it too that I should mention is 
my wife works in music festivals and so we take them to music fests all the time you know yeah. um and take them to concerts and and you know definitely try to do more outdoor than indoor i think that's a little more of the vibe for for kids but definitely. like when we took her to see the stones in the houston football stadium when she was six months old you know? so, i love that yeah, what so does that, she think yeah. about seeing you at work oh she loves it yeah i mean this um most recent thing that I was doing solo, the right in front of the stage was the pool. So she was, I was playing from one to two in the afternoon. So she just was out in there swimming and like floating around on floats while I was playing. Yeah, it was amazing. Oh, that's awesome. That is yeah, and so Gr cool. And, and Griff too, like Griff is a dancer. He'll get up and start moving and like, you know, they're, they're both into it. So it's, it's cool to see them connecting with the music and sound um, and, you know, just, they're, and they like to play too. So that's the other thing, you know, like we come home and I got the little marimbas and the little piano and, and bongos and, you know, stuff like that. So, uh, but I'm a little nervous. Griff is drumming on everything. He picks anything up and it's like his drumsticks. And I'm like, oh no. Oh you know? no. But just remember, he, he, can, he can learn many instruments, right? Exactly. He can, <laughs> he can try many out. What have been some of their favorite artists that they've seen? I mean, besides Umphreys, of course. <sighs> I mean, you know, Willa Quinn will tell you that uh, the story of the ghost is her favorite song. She really likes Tweezer. So she, she's been to a couple of fish shows. She likes Does that. she have a favorite version yet or she's she's not there yet? Um, <laughs> I think just to rub it in my face, she would say the uh, the the Tweezer from Madison Square Garden the same night we did an hour long Ringo. Yeah. Um, but that's going to be her teenage rebellion. She gets yeah, older. Totally, you know totally. what, dad? <laughs> yeah. Um, the first music that she ever heard, and it was because one of my friends was playing on this, was uh, uh, the Casey Musgraves album from 2018. Um, what, is, what is it called? Slow Burn, right? Yeah. Um, so we listened to that all the time, and she she would like dance around, and, and she loved it. And then I got to take her to see Casey. Uh, ah. both at Bonnaroo and at Outside Lands. And uh, like, so that was really special. I was wearing her in the Baby Bjorn for that, you know? Very but, uh, special. Yeah, a great picture of me holding her. She loved to go upside down in it. So you, know, you just <laughs> kind of hold on and then she'd look at everything and it'd all be upside down. She thought it was the funniest thing in the world. So I have a picture of her doing that while Fish is playing at Bonnaroo. Like we're out at front of house and she's just like cracking herself up. Yeah. So we bring, you know, obviously the little headphones, got all the little headphones and everything for them. And, uh, you know, I don't know. We got lucky that they are okay wearing them. I think they just get it somehow. I think the other Starting thing them is, early. That's yeah, it's the, the other same thing, thing is that I'll, I'll, you know, they'll see me and they'll see Dasha wearing headphones too. So they also are like, oh, cool. We get to be like mom and dad. Yeah. So I think that's a good hack. It's like if your kid is having a problem wearing the headphones, you wear headphones and then they're like, oh, I see. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> start them early that's what i did with my kids as soon as they could hold their head up we put the headphones on them and now it's it's nothing they're so I used love to that. it i love that well uh sarah i think we got to wrap it up here i've got yeah. actually got to teach somebody coming up any uh final question or thoughts you want to throw in there I don't think so. I think we covered everything. This was really awesome. Thank you. This, this was, su this was uh super fun, super fun. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's really special to be able to 
share the music and the travel with my kids. And I did not know if that was going to work going into it, becoming a parent. So yeah. um, I'm just well, really you're grateful. rocking it. Yeah, I'm grateful that, uh, you know, I've got a good partner in crime. And I think the other thing I would say is don't be afraid to invite family along. Dasha's sisters come with us a bunch. Her parents have traveled with us. We've brought um, Paisley, our travel nanny, with us a bunch, too. So, you know, having that extra set of hands so that you can get out with your partner and, like, go out to dinner a couple times in Europe is really nice. Yeah, <laughs> so, definitely. You know, I would encourage that for all the uh, all the travelers with children out there as well. And chances are your in-laws are not going to say no to a trip to Europe. <laughs> yeah, not yet. Not yet, at least. So, yeah. Uh, love it. Love it. Awesome. All right, Sarah. Well, thanks again for having me on the uh, on the podcast. And I, yeah. uh, I, I look forward to, uh, you know, to seeing you out there in person sometime soon. I'll see you soon. New Year's. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> Take care. Peace. See Bye. Hey, this is Rob Turner. I hope you're enjoying this podcast on the Dropped Among This Crowd Media Network. But my friend Jimmy Knowledge and I also have a podcast on this network that we'd like you to listen to, don't we, Jimmy? It's called the Umphreys Wow Show. What we're doing, at least in this season, it uh, we're perfectly willing to let the podcast evolve over the course of time. But season one... We're going through various old school Humphreys McGee songs and exploring them with comments from the band and from the listeners. Generally, we have a side A that's more of a general overview. And then we have a side B where Jimmy Knowledge signs even more than usual. Right, Jimmy? Tell them about side B. Side B is for the curious, the folks that have their scuba gear on and are diving deeper into the improv world and and uh, a lot of the the gooey goodness that happens in in each of these songs they they all have a unique personality and we explore that the best versions of the song the the uh traces of where the song came from and the songs that came from improvisation out of these songs and then we have a metal round with a guest from the umphreys world and they each, Jimmy, myself, and the guest, pick their top three versions of said song. And then you, the listener, vote on them. And there is some waxing poetic. Not too much. Well, maybe sometimes too much. But we appreciate if you give us a chance and listen. It's the Umphreys Wow Show on Dropped Among This Crowd Media. Thank you, Sarah. Well, that's the first thing when you did this podcast and cooking. You were like, well, let's cook. Let's pick something let's go from the woods, the woods and yeah. make a meal out of it. That was your first thing. Join us as we talk about food and music. Let's do all new songs. You know, that's just the way I am. I like that instinct. I'm always like that. I'm like, I don't want to play the old shit. I want to play, you know, new, new, new. Politics and conspiracies. The guys don't completely demolished it because they were unsafe. Which sounds like bullshit. It sounds like bullshit. It's just like 9 11, right? And the wild world of sports. But there was one, like, I'm a Des Bryant fan, but he got screwed season because they said he didn't finish he made a catch he turned his body stepped over and then and then he dropped and they called it incomplete and i still felt the cowboys and jazz got screwed there's a lot of people that complete the catch check out our new podcast called stew on this tune us in and see what's cooking all right so that's everything i have for this week of the show Thank you so much to joel for taking the time to chat it is always a pleasure 
There's a bunch of links in the show notes, including how you can support the show on Patreon and so much other stuff. So make sure you check all of that out. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you around these parts next week. Mad love.